Welcome in, welcome in to the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I am your host, Antonio Denisi, and with me as always, Eric Denisi and Keenan Jimajic. How are we today, fellas? Good, good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Can't complain over here. Yeah, I'm also doing well. We're recording today on uh, Saturday, 7-11. Open all day. Make sure you're getting your Slurpees. Uh, but Forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't know that was the oh, Come on, you got to get There's a 7-Eleven right down the street, too. 7-Eleven uh, is not a sponsor, but if they do want to sponsor us, we would love some Slurpees. So, yeah, make sure to get your free Slurpees. <laughs> Unfortunately, by the time you guys today. hear this. Speaking of 7-Eleven, then guess who I ran at 7-Eleven last night? Oh, Your no. brother, Eric. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw him, yeah. I saw him there last <laughs> oh, night. Did you forget? Last night, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Oh. <laughs> When you were going on your t- um, on your texting spree there, when you were uh, yelling about our one league, and I'm like, your brother's losing it. He's like, I don't know. What, he didn't. He clearly didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, I didn't read. I didn't read him yet. And then when I got, and then when I got to to where I was going, we uh, I looked at him. I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, sorry. Hopefully, hopefully you guys did get your slurpees by the time you hear this. I know it definitely won't be on Seven Eleven. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend, and I hope you guys enjoyed your holiday, the 4th. 4th was last week. Hey, um, you I know, don't... with three kids and um, all the fireworks being blown up in my neighborhood, not one of them woke up. So I, I call that a success. Wow, that is really awesome. I, uh, yeah, my son didn't wake up either. The neighbors definitely uh, didn't disappoint, even though we can't have public fireworks. There was, I think I had eight different spots from my backyard that I could see fireworks that was pretty cool yeah. yeah in my whole neighborhood for some reason it's like they buy like a million dollars worth of fireworks and they were going off for a good four <laughs> hours straight like literally non-stop and my dogs my dogs hate fireworks and my one just he he like cuddles up in between our uh our little ac ac unit in our bed and he like hides he goes halfway under the bed and our other one just kind of <laughs> oh, hides Duke. too so yeah yeah oh, Duke. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Well, I'm glad everybody had a good time. There's been some news that we have to catch up on. Uh, I know we we were away for a little bit, uh, a little over a week, but Cam Newton got signed uh, with the Patriots. He's now a member of the AFC East, uh, replaces uh, the greatest you know quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. How, how do you think Cam Newton is going to impact New England this season, and how long do you think they've been talking prior to this uh, agreement coming. I don't think this happened overnight. That's, that's for sure. I think, I think this has been going on for a while with, you know, New England's cap problem before Cam Newton was signed. They had, I don't know, like a couple million dollars in cap space, but recently they just, some, some cap space opened up with um, the Hernandez and um, Brown. Um, they they came to a deal to you know to yeah to close out their contracts. So they they have a little bit of cap space. Yeah, they have now seven million. But I think they were waiting patiently because they they had a feeling that no one's going to sign them. And I mean, pa- their patience worked out for them. They probably signed the best the probably the best free agent quarterback this year. I besides maybe Jameis Winston. I I mean I I think I'd take Cam over Jameis. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think Cam's going to make that much of a difference in this AFC East. Um, he's had some injury problems. 
two shoulder surgeries in three seasons. He had a Liz Frank's uh, fracture last year, I think. And I just – I don't think Cam Newton's that great of a quarterback. I, He's good. I don't think – I don't think he's going to make that, that offense any any special. And so, I mean – Is he he's still going to be a runner, do you think, for New England? Do you think Belichick will change him or do you think he'll cater to him? I don't think Belichick's going to – I don't care if Belichick's going to care how he uses Newton. I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to – want to protect him where because he's only under a one-year deal so he can you know if Newton gets hurt he doesn't have they don't have any 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 dead money for the following year so I, I think they'll use him as a runner and as a passer but I don't think it's going to change anything in the AFC East I think I still think our bills hopefully fingers crossed yeah we'll, I don't we'll win that I don't know it's I I everyone's so quick to you know jump on cam but I don't think he's even guaranteed to be the starter there. He signed a veteran minimum contract, and I think with incentives that most he can get is like $7.5 million. So Patriots don't have a ton invested into him. It's only a one-year contract. They still have a, a young guy there in Stidham who they drafted last year. I mean, I it's going to be a QB battle, and at least I think it is. I mean, especially with no potentially no preseason and who knows what's going on with training camp. You know, Stidham was there last year, so I mean, he he has an understanding of the playbook. Um, the Patriots apparently like him a lot, so I don't see why they're just gonna just you know instantly name Cam the starter or, or assume he's gonna be the starter right off the bat. Um, Listen, if they didn't like Stidham, I think they would have signed Cam Newton months ago. I think I think you're definitely right. I think they. they yeah, I think in- I I wouldn't doubt that they gave him the offer a while ago and he's the one that just waited to see if something better came along because I can't imagine he didn't try giving well, a better offer than it, that. It sounded like New England well it was confirmed New England was the only team to offer him a contract but don't forget about his injury and with COVID teams could not get a physical. I mean Gurley was just officially signed like two that, weeks ago. That too but I mean with how important the quarterback position is you would think at least one team with you know yeah, his was- history of how good he's been would would offer him something better than that, you even a think, one-year, ten million dollar contract. You know what I mean? Like that's you would think that's they would figure like, they would have figured it out how to get a get a physical done. I mean, you know, NFL it's a billion-dollar company. I'm sure they could they have doctors everywhere. And yeah, it's not like he's the only player that needed a physical. Right, yeah. but like I said, it did take Gurley a little while, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting without without there being a preseason and, and then going into training camp, how, how it will play out. I yeah, think I just – But that? but what I wanted to add is is that is the only contract he was offered, a veteran minimum with a max incentives of $7.5 million. So this injury, his injuries may be a little bit, you know, worse than some people are leading to believe. And because of that, you know, he might just not be the same guy at all come – come the football season then Stidham could probably potentially easily beat him out yeah well more to more to come with that as uh, we get closer and speaking of training I want to add Antonio just just a fun fact did you know Newton has only had three winning seasons in his nine-year career isn't that crazy to you and he's considered one of the better quarterbacks in the league and has an MVP yeah it's yeah I like I said. I don't think this changes anything in the AFC East. I think he made the playoffs in five seasons, though, right? Because they had the seven, eight, and one record, and I think they also had an eight, eight. Uh, yeah, it was uh, maybe it's very, very <laughs> interesting. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's slide it over to to the preseason uh, being announced that they they are going to cancel that. Uh, the NFLPA did make that agreement, and we're just going to stick with training camp. So, what do you guys think about about how that's going to affect the rookies? Do you think it's going to affect the veterans? Um, I, I mean, I don't want to wish injury upon anybody, but training camp preseason is when we do tend to see some injuries come about from people not being active. Um, or as used to that NFL, you know, regimen that they have to go through every year. So what are your thoughts on that? It's so going to – Non-contact injuries are going to happen for sure. Those yeah. non-football related injuries. Yeah. Who was it in Buffalo that had that linebacker that we drafted and he was doing – he was jogging and he just tore his ACL a couple of years ago. Rex drafted him, do you remember? Yeah, not – I don't remember the name. No. Yeah, blank on me. I'll try to vet that. He's in but, yeah, City. He's in, he got traded to Kansas City, but uh, not not a big deal. I think you'll you'll see oh, a lot Ragland. of those. Oh, Ragland. Yeah, Reggie Ragland. Ragland. Yeah, Alabama. yeah, Reggie Ragland. He was just running sprints and towards ACL or whatever. Yeah. And um, I think we'll see a lot of those injuries come up um, this offseason. Rookie impact. I think if you're if you're doing a redraft league, not dynasty related. I I would be very careful where you draft these rookies because are these kids are these guys going to be ready to to take you know a main role in any offense to start the year? I don't think so. It takes it takes a while sometimes you know even with a regular training camp, a regular preseason for some of these rookies to make an impact in the NFL. Now would you cut out the preseason completely? Who knows if we're going to have a training camp? Just be careful where you're drafting some of these rookies. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real tough for them to like guys like Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards, Delaire. These guys you're drafting pretty high. It's gonna be tough for them to just assume a starting role right off the bat, especially with no preseason. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor he can easily win out win out the job in training camp. But I mean, with Kansas City, you know they they still like Damian Williams. You know he he looked really good in the Super Bowl the last game they played. So I don't think Clyde Edwards Alaire is gonna be able to just come in there and assume a starting the full, you know, starting workload week one. Um it's gonna take them a little bit more time. Um even the wide receivers, you know, it's gonna take them even longer now because, you know, they're not getting those extra reps in the, with the preseason and their first NFL game is going to be a real game where they have to, you know, it's it's not preseason, you know. I think preseason helps them. It gets them into, into that mode, like Keenan said, you know. And, yeah, it's going to be tough for them to come on. But I do think it almost helps guys like Cam Akers in a way because, see, for, for Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they actually have real competition there, whereas I, I don't think Cam Akers really does. So I think he could just straight up beat them out in training camp, and they just he just is the starter come – Come week one, whereas Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I definitely can still see them splitting carries with Damian Williams and then Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines even pe- catching some passes. So, um, and DeAndre Swift, you know, he's got carry on there. He's been there, and but but yeah, yeah guy, that, so it it, it kind of it bumps down those guys for me. But in a way, I'm fine where for Cam Maker. Like I'm not bumping Cam Makers down at all, yeah. simply because I just don't think he is nearly as much competition. Yeah, and I agree with the uh, majority of the things you guys said about the rookies. I just want to hit quicker on the uh, the veteran players too. I think that the teams that have the most continuity 
are, are really have that maybe leg up as opposed to other teams, you know, talk about the new Orleans saints, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the Kansas city chiefs, uh, you know, the bills are a team that could be up and coming. Um, you know, those kind of uh, Seattle Seahawks, they're, they're really all of those teams. They've only done more improvements to their current teams, but their, their main players haven't really changed. You know, uh, new England obviously lost Brady, Brady moved over to Tampa Bay. They have a very good offense on paper, but without the reps in the, in the preseason at all, are they just going to jump in with, with some good chemistry? Uh, so I, I'm intrigued to see that, you know, Arizona's got Hopkins moved over and Arizona looks to be a good team. Um, but besides that, you know, how's that continuity going to look? So uh, I'm interested to see how some of those teams will start off. Um, but, you know, talking about teams like the Chiefs, they did lock up uh, their quarterback. Some some really big news that did come through this week. We have our first half a billion dollar uh, athlete must in be history. Nice. Yeah, it must be nice. Uh, Patrick Mahomes t- signed a 10-year extension through 2032. Uh, he currently has two years left on his deal. Uh, but uh, they're going to play that out. And like I said, there's a the 10-year extension that's worth reportedly $507 million, I believe, overall. Um, but yeah, well, it's going to be a tied to the salary cap for the first time ever. I believe it's an 18% of the salary cap rider. So that'll be – kind of interesting to see how other teams maybe do that for the future but I think it's a really team-friendly deal for Kansas City as well because now they know they have 82 percent to deal with every other player um so that'll be kind of and the cap increases every year especially in the NFL I mean all all the sports uh leagues the cap increases I I was shocked that he signed a 10-year deal honestly I mean I don't I don't think he did a favor to any of his uh fellow quarterbacks there because you imagine if he signed a five-year deal and yet and was still in his prime when when he hit the free agent market again what's he getting paid then you know what I mean um so the more Patrick Holmes gets paid the more the quarterbacks under him get paid as well so actually I actually didn't even think of it that way but once you mentioned that Makes a lot of sense, but yeah, you know, that's how I thought not, about it as well. Like, Dak. I'm not surprised at all about the contract, though. I, mean, I definitely, I definitely saw it coming. I knew yeah, he I, was going to get 45, 50 million a year. I mean, he's uh, that good. He, but, but yeah, now that now that you say that, it maybe would have been better to take a five year contract. And what? How how old is he even now? Like 24, 25? Yeah, but he already admitted that it was a team friendly deal, so that they can keep building pieces around them because now he has his security. Yeah, well, that is I, true. I, I see because, that too, but yeah. you know, you see all these players. They want to, they want to get paid. They want to give you the highest paid player that's in the top in the league because it helps the the league out, the other players in the league. And I think that's if I'm another quarterback in the league, let's say I'm maybe Lamar Jackson can be the one to. Uh, yeah, Lamar. Let's say I'm trying to think of a quarterback. Use Josh Allen as an example. If he takes that leap this year. You know, he's, yeah. he's got another year left. We have to make that decision. I mean, he's probably going to be looking at $35 million a year. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't know. He might get more if, if we but do if you're saying real that, good this year and next year. Nobody can ask for more than 50, just like you're saying. You know, when Dak wants his 40, then that's going to be another yeah. player. Oh, Dak, come Kyler perfect, will come up. Yeah, Dak's a perfect example. Well, now Wilson's only 32. Guess what? Dak, Dak when uh, they're not going to pay him more than, they, than Mahomes got paid in, in Kansas City. Well, they I, never were to begin with, but I do think it helps Dak potentially get to that forty number, forty million. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's uh, – yeah. I, I, I was shocked at the length of the contract, I guess. I, yeah. uh, it, it helps Kansas City out like, extremely because I think in five years, he's, Mahomes is more expensive. Yeah, and essentially it seems like, uh, at least from reports, that it's almost like a one-year prove-it deal every year where it becomes a team option after, I think, year five for Kansas City. So, yeah. you know, maybe they do wind up redoing that deal again in five years. But I mean, Yeah, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it come down the line they'll they'll find a way to somehow restructure something and get him more once. Because five, five years from now, I mean, I don't even know what the cap salary will be, but salary oh, cap will Who's be, to but... say that Patrick Mahomes is going to be good in five years, guys? I also know. But even ten years from now, he can sign another five-year deal, seven-year deal. He'll be he 34. will finish his career as the true goat over Tom Brady. Whoa! Oh, it's let me write this down. It's happening. So, right, so you're <laughs> so you're saying that now? I guess the over/under has been around one and a half. Oh, I would. I'm going to put it at two and a half over this twelve-year. Two and a half over/under Super Bowl wins for Kansas City Chiefs. Under. The one, the the one they just won count. No. Yeah. No. No. Uh, two and a half over the next over the course of his twelve-year contract. Ten year, yeah, ten, ten oh years. yeah, I bet they win at least three more. Want to make a little side bet? I bet I bet it's under three. I'm also going to okay. take the over. We'll have to figure out some some good yeah. side bet for that, and then talk about it twelve years from now. But the interesting thing is Andy Reid's what like seventy four. So that's that's my thing. Is who? That's interesting. Who's that how long and. He may coach for another five years. I mean, they got a 10-year deal for a reason. Who knows? I mean, they're, not gonna three, they're not going to win the Super Bowl three out of five. No, that they probably won't do that. Oh, but. Andy Reid will coach longer than just five years. If, yeah, because it, the Bills will. The Bills if, will they're really, if they're truly doing great, I don't see why he would stop. If he can potentially, you know, be called the yeah. best coach, you know. Only the thing there's health. Time, and he can keep winning Super Bowls, then. I mean, yeah, but. You know. Yeah, well, that's a that's – a, Kind of a bold prediction, I guess maybe one would say. And speaking of bold predictions, that's what we're going to talk about uh, on the show today. We each have a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end prediction we're going to run through. But before that, we do want to talk about a new segment we want to start here called our Red Alert. And our Red Alert segment is going to go over our ADP check. So we we looked at our Fantasy Pros half uh, PPR uh, draft here for 2020 and we just want to talk about a couple maybe red alerts just to keep you guys in the know of who's too high who's too low um, just players you want to keep keep your eye on so uh keenan why don't you get us started with one of the players that uh will be on your red alert yeah well with kyler murray here's the thing i like i like i like him as a player he's i'm fingers crossed he's gonna be a good quarterback i just feel like this year with his ADP being at, as a, at a five for a quarterback, I think he's a little high. I understand they add, added one of the best wide receivers in the game in Hopkins, um, but last year I don't. I didn't think he was that impressive. I really don't. I so I, I think he's. I think people are drafting him a little bit too high, and I want everyone to be careful when they draft him because there's no guarantee that he's actually going to be good. Gardner Mitchell will tell you will be the first one to tell you that he had a better season than him and Daniel and Daniel Jones in in New York. And he was drafted in the sixth sixth round, I believe it was. Here's a couple things. With when it comes to deep ball completion percentage, Gardner Mitchell was higher. He was, he was at forty five point one. Kyler Murray was at forty four point three. 
not not that big of a difference, but he was still higher than him in in the deep ball, which in in in, in excuse me, Minshew's ADP is at a twenty three. So in my in my eyes, I'm waiting for for a different quarterback. It doesn't have to be Minshew, but I I just don't think that people should draft Kyler Murray at five. Also, when it comes to Minshew, he had more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions than um, than Kyler Murray. Um, he had three three thousand three thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, he did not. He he did not have more yards, but um, Kyler Murray had more yards. He had more touchdowns, less interceptions. Um, Anybody had a better record um, over in Jacksonville. So, so I I just want I just want everyone to. Be very careful when it comes to Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. It's going to take time to develop. Yes, he has DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think him being drafted at five, quarterback five, I think that's a risk. That's a little bit bit of risk for me. I'd rather wait for someone like Gardner Mitchell, who's at 23. Yeah, I think that the deep ball stat, I, uh, you know, Hopkins is definitely going to help, help to improve that. Um, he was a, a really – Big proponent of that for for Deshaun Watson. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Kyler Murray gives a good floor with his rushing ability. He did show improvements throughout the season, and you know, Cliff Kingsbury does have an offense that was kind of unique, and and hopefully will only improve this year. And they're going to improve that tempo, and I don't know. They're going to spread the ball around, and I think uh, I can understand where you're coming from with him being a, a little bit high at five. Uh, but I think maybe at the end of the season, that's somewhere that he might be able to end up. The thing I forgot to mention about him, Mitchell only played 12 games, and he had 400 less uh, yards passing than uh, Kyler Murray, who played 16 games. Also rushing, he had 200 yards less than than, than uh, Kyler Murray. So I think, like I said, I think Minshew is – I don't know if he's better than Kyle Murray. I really don't know. But I think when it comes to quarterbacks, there's that one, two, three, those three guys up there. And then every, everyone else is kind of in the same tier. Um, when it come, I'm not saying as a quarterback in the same tier, like a, like a football, as a football player. I'm just saying when it comes to fantasy football, they're all kind of in that two, three tier. Yeah. And Gardner mentioned you got some weapons as well. Uh, so uh, I like that. Uh, I like that check there. How about uh, how about you, Eric? Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a pretty big strategy, a pretty popular strategy to just wait on quarterback. Um, I think it's just more the youth and the potential with with uh, Kingsbury and um, and you know, adding DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they drafted a couple linemen, so. Um, yeah, it's just the potential for him, and that and the rushing ability that he has. He's you know one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league, so so yeah. I mean, it's five. I guess I could see five is a little bit high, um, but I, at the same time, I do believe that he has the potential to be a top five guy. Cool. Why don't you uh, move on to uh, talk about Miles Sanders and, and what you think about his current ADP? Yeah, um, he's currently being uh, drafted as running back thirteen, um, not even a, not even a running back one, which is a little bit crazy to me. Um, I know last year for the first half of the season, <clears throat> um, he didn't have the best 
the best start. You know, Jordan Howard was there. He was getting he was getting a lot of carries. Um, but when you look at weeks eight to sixteen, it was a it was an eight game an eight game stretch. I'm not count, not counting the last game because he got hurt. Um, but during that eight game stretch, he was on pace for over 1,650 total yards, 62 catches, and four total touchdowns. I'm not super excited about the touchdowns, um, but I do think that he, he can definitely get more than four total touchdowns this year. I think he's going to up that. Um, and just, just with those numbers alone, it put him at 15.7 points per game in a half-point PPR league, which that would have put him right about running back 7-8 on the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm just – I'm just a little bit shocked that he's not at least being at least being drafted as a running back one. Um, so I think he's going to be a real good value uh, come draft time. Wait, what was the pace for four touchdowns you said? Was that? What was that four touchdown number you had for Miles Sanders? Um, I'm saying that that was like his pace for the 16-game touchdowns. Like well, he, fin- he did finish with six. He had three, three. He had three rushing and three, t- three receiving. Uh, so he was at least able to get the six in that limited. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I was looking at the wrong note here. My bad. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, I was just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. That we were. Yeah. Because we both love him. Uh, I definitely love him a lot, and I and I love everything and agree with what you said there. That's why I just wanted to make sure to double check that because I know you. You probably had a different number there. Yeah, no. So, but but that that even helps my point even more. Like, exactly. I mean, I don't see how he doesn't finish as at least a top eight guy. I mean, he's he's going behind guys like, uh, uh, who was it? I think it was. Um, I'd rather have him over Austin Eckler. Uh, I'd rather have him over Kenyon Drake. Um, uh, I'd rather have him over Aaron Jones. And all those guys were going ahead of him. Um, and not only that, but if you see all the speed that they added. Uh, to that wide receiver core, which is really going to open up that that offense for them. Um, and I know they lost uh, Brandon Brooks, but I'm not really too worried about that. I still think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I uh, I love that uh, that ADP check. People have been uh, been worried he's going too high this whole time, and he finally corrected himself more towards the community guys. But um, I've been scooping him up all day uh, if he drops. Somebody else that uh, I've also been grabbing uh, as, as they've been dropping has been Golden Tate, uh, wide receiver for the New York Giants. Right now his current uh, ADP is 138th overall, uh, 51st at a, the wide receiver position. Now he only played 11 games last year and he was susp- because he was suspended for the first four weeks, uh, but he finished as a wide receiver 43. And on a per-game basis, he was wide receiver 29. You know, uh, he came right in. He was that veteran presence for Daniel Jones. I know that the Giants had a lot of injuries this year. Uh, Barkley missed the game. Uh, Slayton came in and did his part filling in for Evan Ingram and uh, Sterling Sterling Shepard, excuse me, when he when uh, they were both out. But, you know, Golden Tate did a really good job. He had six touchdowns in those 11 games, and the most he's ever had in his career was seven. Uh, he had his second highest yards per catch since his rookie year. So, I mean, that was fantastic. He was able to show uh, he's still a yards-after-catch monster. You know, in 2018, when he played uh, 16 games, he uh, led the league in forced missed tackles after the catch. He uh, actually was three ahead of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So that puts him in pretty elite company. 
So I just I think that he's somebody that needs to be drafted a little bit higher, and and you guys should grab him. Anybody that can, uh, as he falls down, because I think he's going to finish more like a wide receiver three. That Giants offense is sneakily uh, becoming good, uh, at least on paper. Um, now they're going to have taper full season, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram if he's healthy, and Darius Layton. So some weapons there for Daniel Jones for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know that they didn't they didn't play a full slate together. You know, Joan, uh, Golden Tate only played with Evan Ingram for four games and only played with Sterling Shepard for six games. But even in the games that they uh, that Shepard had returned, it was Tate that still got the ball. There was a few games where it was more like Slayton went back towards being that wide receiver three or four option. So uh, I think he's going to continue that going into 2020. Yeah, I like Golden Tate too. He's going to be for wide receiver fifty-one. I mean, definitely for this year, he's he's. I'd, I'd say it's almost a guarantee he's going to beat that ADP at fifty-one. Um, I do. I could definitely see him finishing probably you know low thirties, potentially even high twenties, um, depending on how how the season goes there. But I do think that Darius Slayton is going to be a much bigger part of the offense than a lot of people think. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that we will. That we will. And uh, that's going to end our red alert segment. And we're going to move on to the main event here, which is going to be our bold predictions. So, as I mentioned before, we're going to do each of us are going to mention a prediction for each of the positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. And I think what we'll do is uh, Eric will kick us off here at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, so for my uh, bold prediction for quarterbacks, um, I think that um, Jared Goff is going to return to 2018 form, and he's going to he's going to finish as a top eight quarterback. Um, I guess it might not be super bold, um, but I mean a lot of people are writing him off, I believe, and a lot of people think that he's not going to be the future there in LA, um, but with what they did when they switched that offense last year, um, you know, it, it completely changed his game. They were, they were much better. took a lot of pressure off of him. Um, they were doing nothing but scoring. They were number one in the league league in, uh, in points per game. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he's going to return back to form that whole offense. is going to be hopefully much better. Um, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to have a, a real good year and I, he's going as, um, his current ADP is a uh, is a uh, QB nineteen, so so yeah, people are people are writing him off, and I just don't I just don't see why. It's it's crazy to me that people are writing him off. It's it's been a year since he took that team to a Super Bowl, and it, that offense was putting up crazy numbers that that season where they went to the Super Bowl against New England. I, you know, that you see all these teams that have the Super Bowl hangover. Why can't you know? He had the Super Bowl hangover, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all on board with the Rams having a big bounce-back season uh, for 2020. So I'm going to talk about uh, my quarterback, bold prediction here. And speaking of a bounce-back season, Matt Ryan is going to be a top-five quarterback and for the first time in his career will throw for 5,000 yards. So let me talk to you about this real quick. Matt Ryan has a leap year for himself. 
I think we've known this for the most part since he started his career. That meaning every other season he finishes as a top eight quarterback. So let's start this back in 2009 when he first started. He's had four offensive coordinators in his whole career, and none of them have lasted more than three seasons at a time. In the second season of all of them, besides Kyle Shanahan, he's had a fantastic year. Mike Malarkey, first year, finished 18th. Second year, he finished he finished as the quarterback eight. First year with Dirk Cutter, he finished as a quarterback seven, but they were 13-3, and three, had a fantastic season, a lot of continuity coming back there. Pretty good coming through. Now the second season with Dirk Cutter. Again, this is 2013. Dirk Cutter is the current offensive coordinator, but this is his second stint. In 2013, Julio... Only played five games. It was his second season. He was injured. Roddy White, you know, missed a couple games as well. It was just a bad season. They came back, and, you know, he had a good year. So, uh, Kyle Shanahan, next offensive coordinator. We all know how great he is. First season with Matt Ryan, he was 19th. Second season, Matt Ryan was second. Then you got Steve Sarkeesian coming in. Matt Ryan was 15th. Second season, Matt Ryan was second. And then you got last season, Dirk Cutter. Matt Ryan finished 11th. They were one and seven in their first eight games. We all remember the Falcons finished six and two in their last eight games. They had a very good run. Yes, they were had some you know questionable defenses and, and some not so great teams they played, but they they got better and they worked together, which was great. And I think that they've added some good pieces that's going to bring him back to you know the Matt Ryan of of what we wanted for every other season. And like I said, I think he's going to get five thousand yards for the first time. I really really do. Um, you know, not to go too far with this, but something I found, Julio Jones, uh, he was drafted when Roddy White was 30. And Julio Jones was 29 when they drafted Calvin Ridley. Calvin, Calvin Ridley's big breakout year will probably be this season in year three. Julio Jones's probably was going to be year three, but he fractured his foot. His year four, he had 104 catches, almost 1,600 yards, and six touchdowns. I think Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are just going to have a fantastic year together. You had Hayden Hurst, you had Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan's in for a great year. And I will not say any more. I, I just wish he would have an offensive coordinator for more than two years. You know, if he had an offensive coordinator that was there, let's say for five years, who knows what kind of numbers he would be able to put up with those wide receivers. <laughs> That's true, but they all go on to be head coaches. Yeah. I don't blame, I don't blame them. It just, know, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it would definitely be interested in what type of player Matt Ryan would be if uh, he had some consistency in an offensive coordinator spot. Yeah, but, it's uh, almost a lock, though. It's his leap year, so. Yeah. Leap year, every, right? every other year, he's, he's, he's great. So, yeah, I definitely agree. It's going to be – I can definitely see this one happening. He's had over 4,900 yards twice, so it's not yeah. unattainable for him. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's going to be – they're going to have a real good real good offense this year. Um, and everyone's worried about their offense line, but hopefully their offense line will be healthy this year and yeah. stay healthy. And, and yeah, I, I see a good year coming for them for sure. I agree, for sure. Well, my guy, I went the rookie route here. Um, I went with my boy, Joe Burrow. Um, I think he'll be – he'll finish among the top 15 quarterbacks this year. I, I almost – guarantee this one um let's see the, the quarterbacks that are going to finish ahead of him lamar jackson patrick mahomes watson prescott wilson josh allen maybe drew Brees, kyler murray matt ryan 
Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Those those eleven guys right there are probably the top quarterbacks fantasy wise. Um, I think those guys definitely beat out Burrow. But among the next group, which also includes Burrow, I think it's a coin toss. Whatever he outscores them in fan, if he outscores them in fantasy. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. Who would you rather have? Carson Wentz. Can he stay healthy? Matthew Stafford. Can he stay healthy? Baker Mayfield. Will he bounce back? Daniel Jones. Who is he? Derek Goff, well, he bounced back. Kirk Cousins, it's Kirk Cousins. And Ryan Tannehill sucks. Um, so, um, I and I just think Burrow is in that – he's in such a great situation for a rookie quarterback. And he's got guys like A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, um, running back, Joel Mixon, uh, all at his disposal. The offense is already built. They're just adding one of the best college quarterbacks to have – one of the best uh, quarterback seasons that a that a quarterback has had in college football to the offense. Um, so I think, I think at quarterback 19, I think he's definitely going to be in the top 15, if not higher. Yeah, I can, uh, I think I can see that definitely happening. Uh, a lot of that actually happening. So, I mean, I don't mean to sit here and agree with you, but I, I like Burrow myself. Uh, I think that uh, I think that that whole offense is going to to hum pretty nicely. Uh, why don't you actually? Because you, you know you got a you got a really nice bold one here for your running back position. Yeah, so I've been kind of wanting to get to this one. So I mean, why don't if, we hear it? If you've been listening to our uh, previous shows, I've said before, trade Christian McCaffrey after one of the greatest seasons that a running back has had in NFL history, fantasy wise. And, and regular and football wise, he's almost guaranteed to regress this year from his 2000 season. There's more passing weapons in Carolina. They have DJ Moore and third Samuel coming back. They also added Robbie Anderson. With those three wide receivers, there's a chance that Matt McCaffrey doesn't even top 100 receptions, which would demolish his fantasy output. I I just don't know if. There's so many question marks with that offense. I, new coach, new quarterback, new weapons. How are they gonna? How are they gonna use McCaffrey? Um, last year, McCaffrey had 15 touchdowns on the ground. That was his, that doubled his previous career high. Is he gonna get 15? I don't even think he gets. I, I don't even think he gets 10. I think he's gonna end up in single digits again. Um, and also with Bridgewater under center, and it's a better quarterback than they had after Newton got after his Newton's injury. Last year, I just – I think they're going to – I think they're going to throw the ball to those wide receivers um, a little bit more. I don't I don't think – and I think defense are also going to be focusing a little bit more on McCaffrey after after that season last year. Um, so, I guess, you know, I, I don't see him finishing the top ten, the top five, excuse me, running backs. I don't know if I even mentioned that. McCaffrey won't finish in the top five running back with my full prediction. But um, – yeah, so we'll see what happens. So you don't have Christian McCaffrey finishing as a top five running back. Trade him now, I'm telling you. I, you know, our good friend uh, Blake Smith. He, uh, he's a, he's a listener. He listens to our show every uh, week, and I was talking to him, and he's he's thinking about trading McCaffrey after those, you know, those trades that have happened in previous in other leagues, where people are overpaying for the guy, and in with the with the year he had last year. People are going to overpay. Is he going to? Is he going to have that same year? I hardly. I, I don't think he will. I. I almost guarantee you he won't have that same year. But as he did last year. 
I mean, I think it's cl- I, I think it's reasonable to think that he has to regress, but he was just so far above and beyond running back two that he has to regress a lot. And you know, He's maybe that, you know, maybe it's maybe it's you're right. New offense, Matt Rule. Maybe they don't want to throw. You know, maybe they only want to get throw him the ball seventy five targets instead of a hundred plus targets. And Antonio, the, the big the big asterisk for me in this whole thing is when it comes to touchdowns. That's a big leap from seven to fifteen in career high. It, that's he doubled it. He doubled his previous career high. You know, I. I think I don't know if he's going to be able to get even close to fifteen this year. I mean, he also. He also increased his touches a lot as well. I mean, he almost had like 70 or 80 more touches. So, I mean, yeah, I can understand the high efficiency in touchdowns. That, that probably will regress. I can agree with you there. But top five, I'm not sure. I, I yeah, think top Ke- is a lock. Keenan went extra bold on this one. Yeah, he, he <laughs> likes it. I, I, like I said, I, I like it though. Listen, I like it though. We'll, we'll re-listen to this episode in December. <laughs> that is I just fair like, enough. <laughs> I like I, I'm looking at I'm looking at the running backs right now. I, I like Barkley. I think Barkley's a better player than him. I think I I think five years from now we'll be talking about Barkley instead of McCaffrey. I think Elliott's gonna have a better year. Camara, I I think New Orleans is just a better offense. And they they you the I don't know I think Delvin Cook if Delvin Cook come, doesn't come back, this is gonna screw my whole prediction. But and then I I also think Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon are up there as well. I well I don't know. Will all these guys jump it jump McCaffrey? Well, I don't know. But that's why that's why they called called the bold prediction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, true. if I'm right, if I'm right, I'll look I'll, I'll look like the genius. If I'm wrong, hey, I'll have. Speaking an of speaking of top five running backs, so I guess I'll jump into mine here. Um, what do you got, Biggie? I think Steelers running back James Conner will finish as a top five running back this year. Well, bold hey, that's, one, that's one guy that's going to jump McCaffrey. There it is. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just, I mean, obviously with him, it's about the injuries. Um, can he stay healthy? If he can, I just don't see how he doesn't. You know, back in 2018, in just 13 games, he finished as the running back seven. Um, so, I, I, I really – I don't think it's crazy to think that he can finish as top fives, you know, as long as he stays healthy, big Ben's back. Um, you know, they got, they got a good wide receiver core there. So it's not like he's going to be looking at stack boxes. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think McFarland is a threat for that job. I don't think Benny Snell is a threat for that job. I don't, I don't think he has a ton of competition there and it's all about health. So if, if he's healthy, I, I really strongly believe this, this bold prediction could hit. You know, James Conner is a fantastic running back. He is. When healthy. That's yep. like, yeah. that's that even big. Tomlin said it. He's like, he is a featured guy when healthy. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. You hope he can stay healthy. Uh, I definitely think he can finish as a running back one. Uh, top five is very aggressive and I hope that can, I hope that can be something for him. I got a few shares. I was buying him this off season, but how aggressive is it though? You know what I mean though? Like if he, cause you he know, in, in 2018, 13 games, he finished as running back seven had three more games. Who knows very where true. he could have finished there. Um, he, he probably easily could have finished his top five then. Um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move over to my, my running back prediction. I'm going to talk about, uh, James Conner was a successor for this player, and Debbie Le'Veon Bell 
who uh, is now the running back for the New York Jets, as, as we know, we're now going into his second season. I think he's going to be able to get 1,500 total yards. I really do. And I think that's going to put him as a borderline running back one. And I'm really not – I'm not too concerned about about last season at all. I mean, he finished 16th in PPR, uh, 18th and half PPR. So that really wasn't – wasn't a horrible season for him, but statistically it was immensely horrible. Uh, he had 3.2 yards per carry. He did not uh, do well at all catching the ball and he had no touchdowns. And, you know, the Jets offensive line was absolutely horrible. And they proved that that was something that they were going to address when they drafted Mekhi Becton, uh, the tackle this year, uh, 11th overall. And then they signed uh, tackle George Fant. And, you know, in overall, they've, they've added seven offensive linemen. So, they really want to find some players that can protect Sam Darnold and, uh, and, and do well in protecting uh, Le'Veon Bell as well with uh, rushing the ball. So I think that uh, his, efficiency, his efficiency has to get better. I don't think he's going to be rushing for 3.2 yards per carry again. Uh, and then I also think he's going to be getting 60-plus catches, so he, he's got a good chance to get 275-plus touches. Uh, he had just north of 300 last year. So I, I think that's something that he can definitely get and – I think he's going to have 1,500 yards, and I honestly call me call me bold. I think he might get 10 touchdowns as well. Wow! So that would obviously put him a bit higher than a back end of an RB one, but I, I think there's a world where Le'Veon Bell gets utilized a lot better than he did last season, and and he can finish finish as a, a middle RB one. Yeah, that could happen. Just it just. You know, is Gase going to give him enough work to for him to get there? Um, I personally think it's going to be more like it was last year. Definitely see it being a little bit better. You know, obviously they upgraded that offensive line. Uh, they added Denzel Mims to hopefully open up that passing game a little bit more. Um, so I definitely see him doing a little bit better. Um, but it's tough for me to to get him even in the back end of the RB1 territory. Well, that would definitely, definitely rely on on the, the touchdowns coming a lot more than the three that he had. But like yeah. I, said, I think fifteen hundred yards is something that that you know he can definitely get to, and you know maybe the touchdowns is is what will carry him some more. So, yeah, I think for I think that for the Jets to be successful and for Darnold to be successful, I think they have to ut- utilize him a little bit more this year. And you utilize him efficiently too, so he so he's helping to move that ball down the field. So I think I I'm, I want to side with you, Anthony um, Antonio. Um, he's probably not going to be that top five that's going to jump McCaffrey though. Just kidding. Yeah, we're finding all the reasons to prove your top <laughs> five theory right with all of the, our predictions here. Yeah. Uh, so how about? Uh... How about you keep us moving, Keenan? Let's move uh, to your wide receiver. Yeah, here. Um, so this past week, I did a lot of digging on this guy. Um, my bold prediction for wide receivers is that Adam Thielen will le- lead the NFL in receptions. Co- just a couple Woo! Yeah, well, easy there. Can I hear that again? Yeah, Adam Thielen will lead the NFL in receptions this year. Oh, I thought and, I heard that. You heard it correctly. Um yeah, so it, this isn't hard to believe after you if you look at everything. A couple things. Vikings did trade away 
Stefan Diggs to Buffalo that right. leaving, leaving 94 targets up for grabs, 63 receptions that he had. Yes. The Vikings have two solid t- tight ends in Kyle Rudolph and, and, uh, um, what's their Irvin Smith jr. That's my boy. I always forget his name, but he's my boy. <laughs> and they did draft Justin Jefferson, but is Justin Jefferson going to be ready for a wide receiver two role? In my opinion, I think Thielen going to this year, I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson's a, a bad player. If you, if you um, drafted him in your dynasty league, good for you. I think he's going to be a great, great player there. And in, in uh, Minnesota, he'll eventually be a number one. But this year, I think Thielen is going to be the wide receiver one and wide receiver two in Minnesota. Let's be honest. I, I don't think Jefferson's going to be going to take that step into, you know, being able to be digs. And I don't think, I don't think Rudolph is Rudolph, the Kyle Rudolph that we, that we have gotten to know over the last few fantasy years. And is Irvin Smith Jr. I'm hoping, praying to God, he, he takes that next step because I have a lot of shares in him. The other thing is, what if Cooks hold that holds out? Who who's so now you have Diggs and Cooks out. Who's getting all the who's getting the ball? So Never I think seen. you better hope so. You have a lot of stocks in them. Um the other my last point that I want to make to this is Thielen put up 113 receptions in 2018. Okay. That was I know it was a couple of years ago. Mind you, which this this put him at third in receptions behind Michael Thomas and McCaffrey. Now with Diggs gone and and maybe Cook's Cook holding out, who says that he can't lead the NFL in receptions this year with that all those question marks in in Minnesota? He, he, I think they're going to use him a lot. I really do. I, and that's why I traded for him, Anthony. Antonio, I know you're, you were upset that I made that trade, but we'll talk about that in our, in our uh, uh, mafia trade, trade um, segment. But that's why I traded for him. I think this year, if you're, if you're looking to win this year, make that move and get, get Adam Thielen. Yes, he's 29 years old, going to be 30 this year. But I think he's going he's gonna to be one of the best wide receivers in fantasy this year. Yeah, I definitely can get on board with that. Maybe not finishing as high as you might think, but I definitely think he's going to have a great year, um, a great couple of years coming up. Um, I am one that believes Jefferson will be fine taking over that wide receiver two role there. Um, and, and no, I don't necessarily think he's going to come in and be digs, but I don't think that he has to be digs in that offense to take enough away for Adam Thielen not to get to where you think he might get, um, if that makes sense. Uh, and, and even if Cooks hold up, uh, Delvin Cook holds out, um, who knows? Maybe Alexander breaks out, Alexander Madison breaks out and is just as good as Brent, as uh, Delvin Cook. So, um, but we'll see. But I definitely agree he's going to have a great year. Um, definitely not disagreeing with that at all. Yeah, he, he had 12 less catches than Michael Thomas in 2018, at, like you referenced. Uh, he actually had more targets than Michael Thomas in 2018. So, and you know, almost and, 1,400 yards it was. Yeah, and that, that was with Minnesota not throwing the ball a lot. So, if they throw the ball some more and his catch percentage can get up, you know, maybe maybe it's not too crazy, but I'm going to call you crazy right now. So, <laughs> like I said, we'll, we'll see who's crazy in December. Yeah, <laughs> I got my ring finger uh, sized, you know, for all those dynasty championships that I'm going to be bringing home. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here, I'll, I'll jump into uh, my guy. Um, 
So a lot of people think it was all just a one one year wonder after all this time. Uh, but I believe Devontae Parker will top twelve hundred yards again and be a top twelve wide receiver this this year. Um I just I know I know everybody thinks just just like I said, the one year wonder, but you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still there. He's gonna start the year, especially with no preseason and who knows, you know, how training camp is gonna be exactly. I really don't see any possibility of Tua playing at least the first half of the season. Yeah. He's gonna have to sit. He's gonna sit behind behind uh Fitzmagic there. Um it's gonna be hopefully more the same as what it was um last year. And and yeah, I think he's gonna have another great season. Obviously I know Preston Williams is gonna be back and I, I really do think Preston Williams is gonna be really good as well. Um but you know the op- they upgraded that offensive line. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I don't think they're going to be a competing team necessarily. So I do think they're going to be in a lot of games where they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be behind. Um, they definitely upgraded their team a lot. They're going to have a good team, but I do think there's going to be a lot, a lot of games where they're behind again and they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think he's going to have another really good year. He better. I traded for him in a couple of leagues. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I did move my shares of Parker as best I could all around. Yes, you did to me. Yes, I did. Yes, but, I did. But the th- good thing about I it is – talent, though. I do believe in the talent. The good thing about it is, you know, right now um, he's going as wide receiver 26. Um, so, I mean, if you're getting him at a price there, you know, that that's wide receiver three price. And he, he truly has potential to finish as a top 12 guy. Um, he showed it last year, I believe he finished as the 11th and, and, you know, yeah, he's, he's got a ton of potential and you're getting him late and even in dynasty leagues, you can get him pretty cheap. Um, so, so yeah, I think he's a good guy to go after. Depends who you're talking to. Yeah. It depends who you're talking to. Yeah. True. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to move us, uh, I'm going to move us over to my, my wide receiver. Uh, and that is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, my my bold prediction is that he will not finish as a top ten wide receiver this year. Now, I really again we all know DeAndre Hopkins is fantastic, and we talked earlier about Kyler Murray and how I think he is going to ascend, but I don't think there's enough room for DeAndre Hopkins to get the ball and be as efficient as he was with DeAndre or Deshaun Watson, excuse me. Uh, you know, I, I stated him out and I, I, I gave him his career averages, but I just couldn't give him the targets that, that he was able to get. And I was only able to get him to what was around the last three seasons, the wide receiver 10. So in 2017, he would have been wide receiver eight. In 2018, he'd be wide receiver 13. And then last year, he'd be wide receiver nine based on the stats I gave him. But I mean, we have to remember that Christian Kirk's there and he looked damn good last season. He only played in 13 games and he had 106 targets. So he's got to get the ball still. You know that Kyler Murray likes him. Larry Fitzgerald's still there. Hakeem Butler, you know, he's, he's there and he's going to be coming back and healthy. I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot of mouths that uh, they want to feed and uh, Kenyon Drake got a lot of targets when he came over. So I think the Hopkins can still have a good season, but I don't think that he's going to be maybe that top five that everybody's used to. 
Yeah, I don't know what to think with Arizona. I really don't. I uh, I traded Kenyon Drake, and I was kicking myself a couple months later. Now, now I'm not. So I, I don't. I'm just like it's a coin toss with me with that whole Arizona team. It, you know, honestly, it was tough with me too. But I mean, honestly, Kenyon Drake, I haven't doing so well. But like I said with Hopkins, I mean, I was only able to give him 131 targets. Yeah. I mean, that's that was still 20, 24% the target share. Yeah. And, and he's used to 28, 29 in Houston. And, and I, I mean, I gave him more, I gave him uh, eight touchdowns. So I, I was even generous with that. It's just, he's not getting the 1400, 1500 yards you're used to. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see it too. We've seen in the past a wide receiver go to a new team and take that, take a, take a step back. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, great football move though. Great football yeah. move. Arizona's going to be a scary team. They really will. Um, but yeah, they're going to yeah. be they're going to be fantastic. I mean, I don't. Know. They can be extremely fantastic. Um, like potentially better than the Baltimore offense. Um, just as a whole, as a whole, like, like I, I really do believe. Like I said earlier, Kyler Murray. I, I really do think he has the potential to be a top five quarterback. But at the same time, he has the potential to be. The it's 15th still best yeah, it's still a question mark with him. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, Deshaun Watson was is such a great, uh, you know, quarterback out of the pocket, and that's where him and Hopkins made a lot of magic. And maybe him and I'm sure him and Kyler will too. And you know, maybe there's a chance his yards per yards per catch goes over 15. You know, he's normally he's normally around 13 and a half, but maybe it jumps over 15 because he's just getting one on one and he's just you know doing his DeAndre Hopkins thing. Um, there's a chance yeah, that. Yeah. I- with with everything going on too, with you know with COVID and all that, and like I said, no preseason and all that, that could also affect the connection that they build before the season, um, which could yeah. just affect them throughout the whole season as well. That's true. Yeah. So because they rely a lot on that, um, you know, the whole preseason training camp, everything. I'm mean, especially well, when it's new. that's what worries me a tiny bit about Diggs and Allen, their connection. Um, but I mean, it seems like they're they're doing pretty good when it comes to, you know, getting to know each other and connecting to at some point um, to some degree. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, it could, it could affect that a little bit, make it take a little bit longer for him to get acclimated to that offense. Yeah, it could. And, and, and we'll see, we'll see how that comes by. And like you said, he's, he's a great talent, but changes, changes during this time are going to be tough. So speaking of great connections, Keenan's got another bold prediction on a really good connection between a quarterback and his tight end. Yeah, um, nothing against, you know, Travis Kelsey, but I think his time is done. And I'm not saying as a football player or as a good fantasy option. I'm just saying as a he won't finish a top two tight end uh, this year. He's held that number one spot for how long? Um I mean, he's been in that Andy Reid system, and no matter who the quarterback is, if it's Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes, it seems like he has a great year every year. But it's it's got to happen at some point. And why why won't it happen this year? I mean, the guy's turning 31 in October, so he's getting up there in age. I think George Kittle is going to eventually take over number one, and it might happen this year if Debo Samuel misses time um, in San Francisco. Also, Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson have set all these kind of scoring records last season. Who's to say that Mark Andrews can't be number one or number two? Um, so here's my other thing. What about this? Our good old friend here, Gronk. Is he gonna, you know, 
come back and be a top five tight end or top three tight end or top two tight end. I mean, Brady's on a new team. Um, a lot of new weapons, obviously, moving from New England to to Tampa. It's going to take some time to get adjusted to these guys, to get adjusted to the playbook. Who's he going to trust the most? Old Reliable, his best friend, Gronk. Um, so I'm not saying Gronk's going to be a top five tight end. That was just a little, you know, uh, I guess a, a, a bold prediction in a, in a bold prediction. Um, but – I just see. I don't see Travis Kelsey finishing a top top two tight end this year. I, uh, I mean, it could happen, but event it, it, it's soon. It's it's not going to happen. I mean, Kittle and, and Andrews are both great tight ends. Yeah, it hasn't happened in four years. He's he's been either one or two now. Since yeah, one or two. So uh, that is definitely that is definitely a bold one. And so you've got Christian McCaffrey not finishing the top five. You got Adam Thielen finishing. Uh, with the leading the league in receptions, and then Kelsey's not a top two tight end, man. You are, you're asking for it. Listen, if I hit, if I hit two out of three, uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy with one out of three. Yeah, you should uh, be happy with one out of three. Uh, we go two for three. It, but if I hit three, if I hit three out of three, it makes it bold. If I hit three out of three, I should have went to Vegas. Man, you should throw Burrow in there as a top five quarterback, and definitely. No, no, that's not go crazy. That's not go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that puts you to crazy level, I guess. Yes. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I, I guess maybe maybe uh, I'm a little crazy, but Austin Hooper is going to have 10 total touchdowns. They're all going to be catching. But I was going to say, he's, he's, he's getting the rushing touchdowns. I just decided to throw a total in there <laughs> just to make it sound a little bit by, uh, Cleveland. He could have a rushing touchdown. He might. He might have a rushing touchdown, but he's going to have 10 touchdowns. I'm going to be mad when he has nine re- nine receiving touchdowns and he gets a rushing touchdown. I'm going to be very, very upset. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to look back to this. Yeah. So here's why I think that's going to happen. Now, in the first two seasons here, Baker Mayfield has thrown 49 touchdowns. 17 of those have gone to the tight end. Who in the hell has been his tight ends for the last two seasons? I mean, it certainly hasn't been David Njoku who's trying to get traded and Cleveland doesn't want to let him go for some reason. So, I mean, 17 of those. So that's just about 30% of his touchdowns all went to tight ends. So I think Austin Hooper coming in here, he got the money. He got paid for a reason. They're going to be giving him the ball. Uh, You know, he, he runs a lot. He lines up, sorry, he runs routes a lot. Um, he doesn't line up like a traditional tight end all the time. And with Jarvis Landry possibly not being there in the beginning of the season, they might put him right in the slot and just let him loose. He could have three touchdowns in the first four or five games, uh, you know, and then that's just going to put him on a great pace. I, I think that there's a good chance uh, that Baker is going to throw at least 25 touchdowns, uh, you know, if not closer to 30, because I think that this offense is going to do good things with Stefanski. Um, I know that he likes to be run heavy, but he did favor the tight end. You know, Keenan mentioned earlier with, with Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. You know, there's I, I think that Austin Hooper has a good chance for a, a good touchdown season, not necessarily a crazy yardage season, but I think he'll be used in the red zone a lot. Um, we all know about Chubb's horrendous stats in the uh, five-yard line. So You can thank the Buffalo Bills for that. <laughs> thank the Bills for that. Uh, so I think, that, uh, I think that they're going to use them there more, and they're going to use them in general. So. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. Why? Why pay him 
why pay him all that money if you're literally not going to use him? I don't understand why people are fading him so much. But, Eric, teams do that all the time. They pay all these players all this money, and then you think they're going to use them, and then they That's don't. true, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, but that's a lot of money to give a tight end. And a lot of those guys are blocking tight ends, too. And Hooper wasn't really that big blocking tight end for Atlanta. He, like I said, he lined up as a, as a, as a, a wide receiver a lot. Um, he did block some uh, points. He is a good blocking tight end, but, you know, maybe they're going to run some more 12 personnel and, and have him and Njoku line there, but I still think he's going to get the ball a lot, did, especially without Landry. Did you mention uh, Njoku possibly requesting a trade too? Uh, yeah, I mentioned in the beginning, but I, I don't know if they necessarily will. But even if they do, I, I'm not sure that Njoku really affects Hooper that much as is. Well, well I was going to I was gonna say, if they did trade him, I could definitely see 10 for sure. You know, in the next what four or five weeks here before the season. It's, just, it's a Baker thing. I mean, Baker had Mark Andrews at Oklahoma in college. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mark Andrews had good production production in Oklahoma. Most tight ends don't do that in, in college. Yeah. Uh, speaking of great production from a tight end, Eric, your bold prediction. Yeah. Um, I've been saying it for a while now. I love this guy. Um, I think Tyler Higby is going to finish at the top four tight end. Um, you know, it's not – I really don't think it's it's crazy for him to even finish higher than that. Um, you know, like I said before with Jared Goff, you know, when they switched this offense over, he was one of the the main uh, main people there to benefit from that. Um, it, his on, I mean, it was a small sample size in that five game, but you know, you have to use that sample size because if they're going to be running this offense, that's what it's going to look like. He's the one that got the contract extension. I'm not really worried about Everett. If they sign Everett to an extension, then t- then we'll talk about that. But until that happens, you know, Higby is going to be the guy there, and he's going to be the future there. Um, and and you know, like like I said, in in that sample size, his his 16 game pace was just absolutely ridiculous. It was it was 137 receptions over 1600 yards, uh, like six touchdowns or something like that. I mean, take away 40 percent of that, you're still looking at over a thousand yards and or around a thousand yards and, you know, maybe four touchdowns or something like that. And, you know, 80, 90 catches. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think even if he regresses, which is going to be obvious, it's going to happen. He's still going to have a fantastic year and pe- people are completely fading him, especially in dynasty leagues. You can get him, you get him, I think the you know, 10th, 10th, 11th round, um, even in tight end premium leagues, you can get him that late. Yeah, like like I said earlier, we're definitely all pushing the Rams' offense to do well. So I, I think that that's definitely a good one, and uh, definitely pretty bold uh, coming coming to being a, a, an older tight end. You know, hopefully, uh, Darren He's Waller. He's twenty seven though, so you know, for a tight end. Well, for a break, yeah. I mean, we know breakouts generally happen from them as they get older, but yeah, it was his fourth season, so you know, yeah. tight ends usually take about three, four seasons. You know, it's pretty normal for that you to know- happen. Gerald Everett was McVay's first draft pick. You know, I know he loves the guy, and that's why it was real, real uh, interesting to see Higby come in and steal the show. So that's kind of you know really good for him to be able to do that. It's yeah. a little little thing here. I'm on the Rams um, depth chart here, their their uh, on their website, and they do have Tyler Higby as their tight end one over uh, Gerald Everett. So I don't yeah, know. They, I, it's I don't gonna know. be so hard for them to move away from him. What he did. Yeah. That yeah. I, what he did in those games, it's not just the system. Yeah. Like 
you don't just get those kind of numbers. He had four games over 100 yards. He was just absolutely insane. And they were bad, off. bad, you know, defenses against the tight end, and they, you know, took advantage of it. But you're right. He just – what he did was still just kind of Yeah, insane. even though they're, they're still NFL defenses, what, right. what he did is just absolutely insane. And if McVeigh goes away from that, then he's absolutely insane. I just don't see – I, I, I think he's smart enough to realize, you know, when something's working, he's going to keep doing it. You know, that's the whole reason they switched the offense to begin with, because they knew it was going to work better. Uh, or hoped it was going to work better and found out it did. Um, they were putting up a ton of points when they switched over to that, so I just don't see them moving away from it. Them change that offense doesn't help your uh, Cooper Cup uh, obsession. It, it, it does, though. I mean, I've argued Cooper Cup, too. He's – you know, during that span, he was averaging 17 fantasy points a game, which put him right up in the uh, – I believe it was right around wide receiver seven or eight. Yeah, it was like eight or nine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but – It was like right behind right, – it was right between – he was right between Devontae Adams and Mike Evans in points per game. What? But what happens if Robert Woods – we're kind of going off a tangent here, but uh, what, what happens if Robert Woods is on the field more? I mean, Robert but Woods. Was last Robert year. Woods was fantastic during Robert, all those games. Robert also. Woods is there. That, that's the thing, though, is with this offense, it makes their offense so much better as I, a whole. They were, like I said, they were aver- averaging thirty-three points per game. I wish I had that. I, I mentioned it in a in a previous podcast. Um, I wish I had the stat pulled up, but uh, last year when after they switched to that, uh, was that twelve personnel offense? Is that what we're talking about? Is that what they switched yeah. to? The, Robert Woods was on the field for all three downs and Cooper Cup was coming off the field where before they switched, I know we're not talking about your tight end here. Right? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but before, before they switched whatever offense they had, I forget Cooper Cup was on the field for all three downs and Robert Woods was the one coming off on, on, um, on third, on third downs or second downs or whatever. Um, so I'll, I'll have to look into it and I'll, I'll send it to you, but yeah, it was. He definitely came off the field more, but a big thing too was on the twelve personnel they only have two wide receivers, so it was Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods a lot. But also yeah. look at at what what plays was Cooper Cup? I mean, he was in on the important plays, especially in the end zone. They're all important. He, he was. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, no, I'm kidding. He's the he's the touchdown guy. He is Jared Goff's best friend down there in the end zone, and and yeah, I'm not. I'm Man. not worried about him either. I, I mean, he's he's going as like wide receiver 19. So I mean, I think he's going to be a great value. As you better well. hope the Rams don't go five and eleven. Yeah, yeah. We'll look for real. <laughs> but this offense, it's going to be putting up points. Like I said, you don't just, you know, 33 points per game. That was number one in the league. Um, yeah. So if they're putting points up, I'm not worried about anybody in the offense. Yeah, I I, I do agree with you with the Rams offense. I think. I think they are one of the better offenses, and I usually do target players on teams that have a better offense. Even, I mean, that explains itself. But uh, I just target those players more than I would target. You know, I'm trying to think like Stephon Diggs this year. He's a great player, but the offense is still unknown um, here in Buffalo. So, you know, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the bold predictions, I think, for all of us. So why don't uh, why don't we just run through them real quick? Just uh, re-mention uh, that for everybody so they can just get a little quick refresher. Key and just start with your quick four. Um, let me pull up my uh, sheet here. I'm sorry. Um, so my my four were I had Joe Burrow for 
will finish in among, among top 15 quarterbacks. Christian McCaffrey won't finish uh, top five running back. Adam Thielen will lead the NFL in receptions, and Travis Kelsey won't finish a top two tight end. And mine are Jared Goff will return to his 2018 form and be a top eight quarterback. Uh, James Conner will be a top five running back. Devontae Parker will top 1,200 yards again and be a top 12 wide receiver. And Tyler Higbee will be a top four tight end. I had Matt Ryan will be a top five quarterback and throw for over 5,000 yards for the first time. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will have 1,500 total yards, um, perhaps 10 touchdowns. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins will not be a top 10 wide receiver uh, in PPR, and Austin Hooper will have 10 touchdowns. So there, again, is our bold predictions. That's going to wrap up that segment for the week. And uh, we are going to end our show with uh, our weekly segment of the Mafia Market. And what we're going to talk about this week, we just got one trade, and that's going to be Julio Jones for Tyler Lockett and a 21 first. Uh, yeah, this I think was, this uh, one was uh, Eric's, right? Yeah, I was the we'll one that it. traded away Julio. Um, Silly team, Alex. Yeah, my, my team, it's, a, it's one of the top contenders in the league. Uh, my other wide receivers are Devonta Adams, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. Uh, I got like Preston Williams and Darius Slayton as well. And then I had Julio and yeah, I wanted to get a little younger and, you know, gain some future picks because I traded away my picks next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it, he gave me, he offered me, well, he didn't offer it to me. I, I asked him what players would he give along with his 21 first just to kind of see, you know, what, how would a play out gave him a few names. He said he would do Lockett. So, uh, so yeah, that, that deal worked out. Um, I think Lockett's going to have, you know, a real, real good year. Um, maybe even a couple, couple good years. Um, not as good as Julio, but I definitely excited that I gained that first next year. Cause this class next year is supposed to be pretty good as well. We say that every year, this class is going to be great. This, this class is going to have the best running backs this one, but I do, I do love that trade for you, uh, Eric. Um, I think I, I, well, I disagree with you with you saying that he's not going to have a great year like Julio, but who's who's to say that Julio's going to have a great year? Calvin Ridley's going to take that next stop. Who, eventually, Julio's going to be, become the second option there. And they also just drafted um, – what the hell is it? Who's their other – who's the wide receiver they drafted? Help me Ooh. out. For which team, sorry? Atlanta. Falcons. Uh, they didn't draft anybody yeah, else. Yeah, I don't – they didn't draft the wide receiver. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Dallas, but no, Calvin Ridley is gonna is gonna take that step eventually. Hopefully, it's this year um, for Anthony's sake. Um, and he's Julio's gonna be that second option there in Atlanta, especially with his age. So I I think that trade works out for you. I mean, maybe he's better than Julio. Maybe he's not. I think this is a great trade both sides. I think Julio's still gonna be number one for maybe another year or two. Um, I, I wasn't saying earlier necessarily that Julio is declining with the way I was talking, but that Calvin Ridley and Julio can both perform very well, just like Lockett and DK can. And, uh, you know, Lockett's one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league. He'll continue to do it with one of the best quarterbacks in the league and Russell Wilson. So definitely think it was a good trade for both sides. So I think that's uh, definitely going to wrap up the show for the week. Uh, anything you guys, you guys want to close it out on? Yeah. Um, well, while we were recording, uh, I'm sure 
I don't know if you guys just looked at your phone, but uh, the Washington Redskins are uh, planning on announcing a team change uh, tomorrow, name change tomorrow. So that should be interesting. What they're oh, going to really? do? Yeah, nice. tomorrow morning. So hopefully they go to you know something unique, something cool. But it's going to be weird. You know, we all grew up watching. You know, Washington Redskins. I'm going to be saying Washington Redskins probably for years. I still call. I still call the Rams St. Louis Rams, you know, so. Yeah, I still call the Chargers uh, San yeah, Diego. San Diego. Chargers. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I, so we'll see. I, I think, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty cool for a, for a Monday. So we'll, we'll see what we, what, what we wake up to tomorrow. All right, guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. You can follow me at Antonio Denisi FF. You can follow Keenan at Keenan underscore 716, and you can find Eric at Eric D underscore FF. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube as well, and we're going to get started with our division previews next week, so make sure to tune in. So, like we said, we'll talk to you guys next time, and uh, take care, everyone. Mafia out.